Welcome to American Midterms. Before we get to the interview, let's talk about some current news. Republicans are preparing for a red wave as they are just about guaranteed to win the House of Representatives and have seen their odds go from a one in three chance to win the Senate to a 50-50 toss-up. Why have Republicans suddenly seen more favorable polls and why are prediction organizations changing their characterization of House and Senate races? The biggest factor are two issues that strongly affect how economies, how Americans across the country cast their ballots, the economy and abortion. Voters trust Republicans when it comes to the economy, nearly 20 points more than their Democratic counterparts. Why, you may ask. They've painted themselves as responsible spenders who want to cut taxes for Americans. Whether or not the perception of this lines up with reality does not matter, not for this election season. Politics is about perception, and with the economy in peril and record high inflation, the party and president in power are being blamed. The Democrats found overwhelming support during the summer as the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade and sent the fight for abortion rights to the states. Voters trust Democrats on abortion rights 20 points more than Republicans, but abortion is becoming less and less of an issue to voters as they see dwindling investment accounts and higher prices at the grocery stores. Republicans are taking advantage of this dynamic by churning out TV ads for candidates hammering Democrats on both the economy and crime. While Democrats struggle to find another popular issue favorable to them to run on, with under two weeks left until the midterm elections, I'd be surprised if Democrats came away from this November happy with the results. We will see. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of American Midterms. We have a fantastic guest here for you today. We have Majority Leader Bob Duff. He is a state senator representing the towns of Norwalk and Darien. Bob, thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Sure thing. First things first, we're going to get to some serious questions. I was wondering, who is Molly and why has she taken over your Instagram? I'm sitting right next to Molly right this second. So uh, Molly is our rescue dog. Uh, She's our third rescue dog uh, that we've had. Um, She's a little pit bull, and we've always adopted pit bulls because they're such great dogs. Um, Many times misunderstood. Uh, But uh, she's a good girl. She came from the Westport uh, Animal Shelter, actually known as the Pound. Um, She was thrown out of, allegedly thrown out of, uh, a car on I-95 because she's oh. found in the woods over by exit 18, oh, um, where they do find other dogs there as well. So we, I found her online on PetFinder, and she's she's ours now. She's been with us now for uh, a few years. That's amazing. I'm jealous. I I had two cats growing up. I've always wanted a dog, but maybe when when I'm a little more settled down, I, I can make that happen for myself. Well, I'll tell you this: uh, the day I moved into my own apartment. Literally the next day, I went out to go get a dog. So I, I am with you on that because I, I felt the same way. We had, I had a dog growing up, and then when she died, my parents didn't want to get another dog because I was going off to college soon. And so, but I really wanted a dog bad. As soon as I got settled, I marched right out and I got myself a dog. I'll keep that in mind. I'll do what Bob Duff does. How about that? <laughs> Alrighty. So let's talk about Connecticut a little bit. Um, so U.S. News ranks Connecticut um, high in healthcare, high in education high in terms of crime, but we are ranked 46th in infrastructure and 45th in opportunity. Um, And we got Fs for the state of our economy. 
Do you think this is an accurate assessment of the state of Connecticut? Um, and what are you and other Democrats in the Senate doing? Yeah, I mean, I think it's in some ways it's accurate, in some ways it's not. You know, you take those uh, reports with a grain of salt, but it, it's also uh, can be a good marker as to where we are, where we want to be. Uh, I would definitely say that generally amongst all those kind of rankings, Connecticut always does rate high on social indices. So whether it's for healthcare in general, healthcare outcomes for women, educational outcomes, worker productivity, crime or lack thereof, gun safety, women's rights, yeah. equality rights, those kind of things, we always rank as some of the highest in the nation. That's fantastic. Um, you know, Connecticut is a high-cost state. Uh, we have highly educated people who are super productive. They demand services. They want good things. Uh, and that costs money. Plus, on top of that, we don't have county government. We we have 169 uh, cities and towns in our state, uh, so we do a lot of duplication of things. So I think that, uh, you know, we could always make things more efficient. We could always do things better. But I will say this, is that in Connecticut, at least, uh, we've had over 50,000 people move here into the state. They're staying here. They're, they're, you know, they came from New York, a lot of them. Some people came from other places, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New Jersey, some places out west, even California. Um, they're, they moved here. They're staying here. And we continue to have people who, who want to stay here after college. So I think we got a lot. Of, we've got a really good story to tell. We have turned the ship around budget-wise, which I'm sure we can talk about. We're in a good place. We just need to stay on this path of growth. Uh, and continued smart investments in the state. I agree. Good. An optimistic outlook um, for the state of Connecticut coming from you. Um, it is not so optimistic coming from others. Um, last month, Joe Rogan ranted about Connecticut. Actually, he ranted about Connecticut talking about the quality of living there. He's saying the people are miserable. Um, there's no hope in Connecticut. You responded <laughs> to this on Instagram. What did you say? What do you have to say about this? Or is it just not worth your time? Well, look, I think Joe Rogan is, you know, is a performer out there. He he can say what he wants to say. I just don't know that uh, we're not missing him and he's not missing us, <laughs> and, and that's okay. Uh, we, you know, we can find better entertainment than somebody like Joe Rogan. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if he doesn't like it, that's fine. Don't come here. But I just didn't, I took issue with the fact that he was saying negative things about our state. And as a state leader, I felt I needed to punch back a little bit on that because, um, you know, n nobody should be should be talking about our state. And if they do uh, in a negative way, uh, we all should respond to that. Uh, we all live in the state. I frankly, you know, when I talk to people who come here from other states, whether it's from New York or whether it's from Florida or from Minnesota or or other any other random state, they come to Connecticut. They're like, this is such a great state. You guys are so close to New York. You're so close to Boston. You uh, have beautiful beaches, beautiful parks. You have a great quality of life. And so, a lot of people say great things about our state. So, you know, uh, somebody like that who who is well known and who has a pretty big platform. I think, even though my platform is much smaller than his. Um, I think we should we should punch back a little bit on those kind of things because it's not it's not accurate. Hey, fair enough. And um, you know, talking about the the proximity to Boston and New York, this is true. Actually, I'm going to Boston tomorrow on Saturday, and then the next day, next day, I'm going down to New York um, to see a Mets game if they're still in the playoffs. So you can't do yeah. that if you're living anywhere else. Well, look, I, I say I, I was just at a conference in Boston last week, a bipartisan conference on gun safety, and there are people literally from all over the country who came there, and many had not been in the, the Northeast. Uh, gentlemen from South Carolina 
uh, was driving his family around Maine and New Hampshire and Vermont and Boston. Um, there's uh, somebody else from uh, out west who was kind of making the making the rounds of the New England states, and they were talking about how beautiful it was. And I and I said, I said, here's the funny thing, is that I literally could be skiing in the mountains uh, in the morning, and I can come in and go to the beach, or you know, walk down at the beach and be on the water in the afternoon. So, or vice versa, I could I could I could be on the coastline uh, in the morning, and I could be skiing uh, or in the mountains in the afternoon. So in Vermont, we have these this great area that is so different, and you know, when we're recording now. Um, the leaves are changing. It's 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 uh, beautiful uh, to be in this part of the country, and um, and you're right. You can be in Boston on Saturday and New York on Sunday, or or whatever. And uh, both are two totally different places. Or you can be in Connecticut for the weekend and and have plenty to do. So I I just think it's a great place to live, and we're so fortunate. Yeah, uh, it's it's a, a it's a unique region of the country. Of the country. It's it, it is for sure. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about when you were down in a different region of the country, that is Washington, D.C. You went to the White House this past May. Tell me about the trip. Why were you there? Um, and what did you spend your time doing? Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was a great trip. Um, so I got invited by the White House uh, to be with a thousand or so of my closest friends uh, to <laughs> celebrate the passing of the Inflation Reduction Act, which Congress passed and the president signed. Was passed just by Democrats, and so he brought together a lot of people who, one, were like cheering it on, like I was cheering it on to get done. Uh, he brought together others, uh, like our congressmen and senators who voted for it. He brought together a lot of folks who um, were advocates for, for especially on climate change issues, but also like I had met the, the standing in line. I met the uh, head of AARP, um, wow. and so and just. Just a lot of other people who who cared about who care about Medicare pricing, drug pricing reforms, who care about climate change, who care about making sure that companies who don't pay diamond taxes actually contribute and and help bring down our deficit, um, you know, and and get uh, inflation under control. Uh, so that was it was really really a, a very special event. It was. We started off with listening to a couple songs from James Taylor, which nobody knew about. It was like a coming out and having like a private concert, um, and then having the Speaker of the House, uh, Nancy Pelosi, and the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer come out, a Vice President, and a union person who will benefit from um, a lot of these a lot of these jobs on, especially on climate change, as we as we do construction on resiliency, and then the President, and he was great. I mean, he just he really he. He whiffed a lot on the sense that, in the sense that he, he just spoke off the, off top of his head and, and just really from the heart and talked about what all this meant for him and, and what he thought about it. So uh, it was just great. It was it was really awesome. So I I flew down in the morning, flew back at night. You know, you get invited to the White House, you go. Yeah, is it um is it rare for state legislators such as yourself to come down there and, and be recognized um in D.C. Well, I put it this way. I did go down a bunch of times when President Obama was in office. Right. Um, and then when he was not in office, there was this four-year period where I wasn't invited. I wonder what was going on <laughs> For then. some strange reason. <laughs> um, and then now that uh, there's more gatherings, uh, I've you know, been invited again to go down 
uh, that time. Uh, I actually got invited to go down to the uh, Easter egg roll, and there's a garden tour that they're doing, but I, I couldn't go to those, so I, I gave those tickets away to some other folks. Um, but I but the vice president was in town this week, and I got a chance to, to meet her and get my picture taken with her, which is very cool. I had never met uh, Kamala Harris before. Um, she was up in uh, Central Connecticut State University, so I had a chance to, to meet her quickly and and to uh, listen to her speech with Congresswoman Johanna Hayes, which is very uh, good because we're talking about uh, women's reproductive rights. Very nice. Um, so uh, hopefully I'll get down to the White House more often. Uh, you know, hopefully I'd like to see myself as a as as a uh, as an ally and a partner to the work that President Biden is doing and and the work that uh, is happening in in D.C. because. Their success is our success in the states, and our success in the states is their success, and we got to work in partnership, and that's what we're trying to do. Absolutely. And I'll close this off by talking about reproductive rights, as you just mentioned. Um, you know, a lot of Democrats are campaigning that they are the party that will protect reproductive rights for women. But in the state of Connecticut, is that something that women need to be concerned about? Yeah, that's a great question, and I, I really appreciate the fact that you asked that question. Of course. Because the answer is uh, absolutely yes. Uh, we don't have women's reproductive right protections in our state constitution. So all we have are laws, and laws can get changed every legislative session depending on who's in office. Now people will say, oh, Connecticut's a blue state, it's always be Democrat, it'll always be fine. But here's, here's two things on that. One is that that's not always the case. <clears throat> Back in 2017, the state Senate was tied 18 to 18, and we had a House that only had a bare minimum Democratic majority, maybe four seats majority. Um, so it doesn't, it's not always guaranteed to be a Democratic majority. And if that changes, I can guarantee you, you'll, you'll see those kind of uh, bills um, not only be introduced, be debated, and be passed. Um, secondly, is that uh, over the past, say, 10 years, I think there have been at least 30 bills introduced by Republicans uh, to one way or another strip away rights of women when it comes to their reproductive choice. The Democrats have had to beat that back every single time for multiple years. Um, so it is important that people think about uh, state elections and they think about voting their values and what they think uh, and who, who will have their best interests at heart. Who's going to be standing up for women's rights? Who's going to be standing up for gun safety? Who's going to be standing up uh, for the middle class? Um, and not some extreme agenda. And that's why, you know, people cannot take it for granted in Connecticut because the laws can be changed. And we've seen in the past where we've had Democrats have had a bare minimum majority. Now, thankfully, we've expanded that, but every election could be different. And so it's really important for people to get out and vote. And somebody had said recently that I had liked, they said, you know, you get marginal candidates when not a lot of people vote. You get great candidates and great elections and great results when a lot of people vote. Majority Leader Bob Duff, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, really? It's my pleasure. Thank you. And uh, I look forward to continuing the conversation with you and others because, you know, we have uh, good informed voters. Uh, that makes our democracy that much stronger, that much better. And, and that's really uh, one of the most important things we can do this year is to save our democracy. And so I urge people, get out, vote, get out, vote your values and, and make sure you're part of the solution. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode, a production of QU Podcasts. I'm Matt Harlock, and our producer is Grace McGuire. Our videographer is Tyler Salter, and our social media coordinator is Olivia Geckler. Music from Free Music Archive. Be sure to follow us, American Midterms, on Instagram. See you next week.